Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we got MVP talk, and we got the MVP candidate squaring off right now. We got Joel Embiid going up against Giannis Antetokounmpo. But before all that, I wanted to check in because I don't know if you saw the news, BJ. Oh. North Carolina is going to play Duke for the first time in the NCAA tournament. And not just in the tournament, BJ. I wish everyone the could see four. the smile on your face right now. I, you know what? It's good. Your smile good. makes me smile. So you know what? Mm. Today is your day, Tate. And we can talk about whatever you like. If you want to talk about college basketball. <laughs> I just I just wanted to point that out. I mean, because of course. I, I will say this for the listeners at home, you know, the pushing through listeners. When Hubert Davis was hired, you know, I, I called BJ immediately. You know, I, I wanted to get the, the what he thought, you know, outsider, you know, not someone attached to the program, someone very informed, someone I respect his opinion. And he told me this is a guy that's been around Pat Riley, a guy that's been around Coach Dean Smith, a man who knows what good basketball looks like, and uh, he was going to get the job done. So you were the first person to give me the, the confidence in Hubert Davis, BJ, and uh, the fact that he is in a Final Four in his first year, uh, as a head coach, the first head co- first time head coach to do that since Bill Guthridge did that, and that was because Dean Smith kind of left him this great team, so similar to what Roy maybe did here. But I'm so happy for Hubert Davis, and you were the first person to tell me and uh, to shine that light. So I, I wanted to give you credit for being right uh, in this yeah, sense. I, I, I wish I was right. I wish I knew something about Hubert Davis, <laughs> Coach Davis. You know, I, I love calling. Let's call him Coach Davis. Yeah, just yeah. Coach Davis. You know, that's what he is. Yeah. He's Coach Davis yeah. now. Coach Davis. I wish I could tell you I knew something that no one else knew. But let me tell you something. You know, competing against him, he had a very quiet demeanor. Mm-hmm. But he was a very tough player. You know, he played tough. He never cheated the game. And he was one of those players that every time you made a mistake, he made you pay. You know, you, you know, if you helped too much, you know, he was going to hit that shot. You know, he was a role player, but he was a star role player. And he understood how to play. He understood team concept. And he played the game at a very, very high level. You know, he was one of those, what I consider elite role players. Because mm-hmm. he, he knew how to play. And he knew the team, the team, the team. Yeah, he he knew, and he he had been exposed to like excellent coaching. You know, when you're exposed to excellent coaching, it changes something about your demeanor. And you know, playing for Dean Smith, playing for Pat Riley, and he played for a long time in the NBA for a reason. It's because he was a really really good player. And I remember vaguely that conversation. When you get in your fifties, you don't remember much, right? <laughs> I, I, but I do remember. There were some concerns about him. Yeah. But I remember I just thought he has the right demeanor. And and the and the one thing, you know, it's one thing when you want to coach and you're you're coaching because, you know, you 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 know, you're just good at it, or you're coaching because, you know, you maybe it's just a job. When you coach at your alma mater with the level of success he's had, it goes beyond. Now it's it's more than you. And you can tell in his interviews, I love listening to his post-game interviews, by the way. Oh, man. Because it's always best. about the kids. It's never yeah. about him. It's always about, you know, he says something, I'm paraphrasing here. He says something to me that just really caught my attention, right? You know, I was listening. I was like, oh, let me see what, you know, let me see what Huber is going to say. I mean, Coach Davis. Let me see what Coach Davis is going to say. And he said, I just want these kids to experience what I experienced in Carolina. 
And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, I'm a Carolina, I'm a Tar Heel fan now. Because what a very gracious and humble thing to say. But more importantly, like, I want to play for him. I want to cheer for him because he's experienced the very best of the best. Being mm-hmm. one of the greatest coaches of all time. He played in one of the greatest programs of all time. And all he wants is for people to see what he experienced so they can have a shared experience. I thought, what an honorable thing to say. And Mm -hmm. now I see why those kids are playing the way they play. And watching them early in the season and watching them now, you're like, wow, I didn't see this early in the season. I didn't see a Final Four team early in the season. But watching Mm -hmm. this team now, you're going – they have as good a chance as any to win it. So congratulations to him. I think Carolina got it right. I think Coach Roy Williams and how they did this and the succession plan, they got it right. And he has shown in a very short span of time that he knows what he's doing. And he knows what he's doing. And he's, he knows. He knows, and the best part is that you can never really question him moving forward. This is his first year. This is his first coaching job, and guess what? Like you said, it didn't look like a Final Four team, but by the end of the season, look where they got to, and you got to give him the credit. A lot of people have not been on that train to give Hubert his credit, and Coach Davis, uh, as we see now, he he is thriving, and he's not taking any credit. He's giving all the credit to these kids, and that's why he's giving. He gives all the credit to the kids. It's never about him. It's like he's just a... And they want to give him credit. They're trying to get him. And he's to, like, to take no, that. it's he's about like, these nah. kids. He's like, no, it's about the kids. You know what? Isn't this great? Look around. And, you know, everyone's yeah. like rooting for him. You know, pretty soon you're going to just like, I, you know, like you get it. Like, I can't imagine. I, I, I share with you. I don't know how many times that story, my interaction with Coach Smith. Yeah. When he came into our locker room. Mm-hmm. And what he said, we, you know, we, we, you know, we played there and, you know, you know, the story, Tate, you know, we were the, well, I'll <laughs> you say get that we, win. Were, we were the yeah. first team non-conference to, to win in the Dean Dome, but you know, that's another, that's another <laughs> podcast. But I remember his leadership and just, he had presence, you know, it was just, mm. it was like coach Smith walked in our locker room and the locker room, like got quiet. You know, and it was just like he had this presence. And I can only imagine what that must have felt like if you saw that on a day-to-day basis. Because all every player I ever played with in the entire NBA, whenever they would talk about Coach Smith, they would call first of all, they would call him coach for sure. Yeah. And the had level of Smith. respect was beyond. And that to me says it all about that program, you know, I didn't go there, but I remember that moment. And it's here we are 30 something years later. And I still remember that, like the level of respect that he commanded. And he was just humble. He didn't come in and raise his voice. He's like, hey, hey, guys, I remember. <laughs> but it was like, this is Coach Smith. I want to be on my best behavior for him. Like you want to do well for someone that you knew was rooting for you. Or at least that was my impression of him. So, you know, congratulations. You know, go Heels. It's going to be a great game. <laughs> Ooh. It's going to be a great game. I, I, I really don't know who's going to win that game, Tate. 
I, I don't either. It, it, I, uh, I mean, I, they, I'm going to be at your building, game. right? Duke won in yes. your building. And one then you Chapel go down Hill, there. And, he, and I got to give Duke credit. Duke's playing. I thought They're it was over the best for basketball Duke. maybe in the yeah. tournament. They Carolina, haven't missed a shot in two games. I remember watching that game at Carolina. And Carolina put it on. They put it on Duke. They put it on them. I mean, that wasn't an L. They, that was a you know what. That was a that was a. That was nice. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I like that. You know, that was that was a that was a kicking. You know what I mean? A yeah, good old yeah, yeah. fashion <laughs> butt kicking. You know. But I'm gonna tell you this: this is gonna be a great game, and I think the dome yep. is going to play. It's going to have you know. It's going to have some effect on the game. And we've never played each other in a neutral side. That's what I'm saying. This it's is, always in Chapel Hill. It's always in Duke. I, I, I'm going to tell you Duke what. fans have never seen neutral I, Carolina I, I, fans and vice versa. I know the so. game was big when my wife this morning said, we have to watch the Carolina-Duke game. Oh, wow. My wife. Love who, that. She hasn't watched the game in years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have to remind her. Yeah, well, I work in basketball. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot you do. <laughs> she she well, is prepared. Oscar's going to be pulling for the, for the Tar Heels. Yeah, right? I, I think we're pulling for the Tar Heels over here. But, you know, I'm okay. trying to... Be objective. That's good. Yeah, I'm, reach out to Michael, please. Tell yeah, Michael to oh, go. Uh, I can't reach out to him. You know what I mean? I can't reach out to him because, <laughs> you know, he's going to – he'll force me. He'll force me to, to root for Carolina. But I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. Yeah. I'm excited about this Final Four, actually. And um, great coaches. It's four great teams. It, it really A lot is. of great players. And everyone a lot of great travels coaches. well. I mean, yes, I don't exactly. know what the secondary market is, but I would imagine it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, they. I, I saw seats were already selling for eight thousand. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, and, and you know, I and you know, it's it's gonna be great. And <laughs> Which, that that Carolina Duke game, it, it, that'll be a classic game. That'll be a classic. Yeah, it's gonna be an all time. But think about My it. Mom, in your lifetime, yeah. you you will see Carolina and Duke in the NCAA in tournament. The Final Four. Yeah. Think about that. That's a once in a lifetime, once in a century, once in uh, an existence. I mean, type of I moment. mean, you're yeah. seeing it with. Coach K. I mean, the only thing I could think would be greater if, if Coach Smith was on the sideline. You know what I mean? Just because of nostalgia. Yeah. But look, yeah, you know, we're catching Co Coach Davis early in his career. I was going to say, it kind of feels like it could be a, a maybe passing of the torch type moment. And, you know, a lot of people don't remember, but Dean Smith, they won, you know, the first title there in 1982 in New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, they went and spit in the river, in the Mississippi River. My mom is coming down. She she was uh, in school in 1982. My brother's coming, my aunt, my first cousin. Uh, we're going to go spit in the river. Oh. We're going to get some good luck. That's the that's the good luck. That's what you're supposed is to do. Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, tell me about that. And, I don't, I don't, and, and I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. Tell me about that. It's just like some old, like, uh, I don't know why, you know, just like some thing that you're supposed to do for good luck. You're supposed to go spit in the river, like, you know. So you go spit in the Mississippi River. The whole team did that in 1982. And then Michael Jordan, young Mike Jordan at the time. I didn't know shot. that. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him about that. I, I've, I've yeah. never heard a player say that. Okay. All in right. 1993, they did the same thing. Coach Smith made him do it because it was like, uh, you know, it was like uh, superstitious. We're all very superstitious. You know, I knock on wood three times. Yeah, yeah. I, I wear the a same of, socks. Hey, a lot of different things happen down there in them Carolinas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't say it, but I just say a lot of, you know, a lot of different things down there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to go where you go. You got to do what you do. Yeah. But, uh, I, I'm very excited about that game on Saturday and to be in the building. I might have a heart attack. So I no, hope I make don't. it back. Please don't. Uh, please don't. Please <laughs> don't. You got to come back for the podcast and talk about it. Yeah, Whatever true. happens, you know, we can talk yeah. about it. 
All right, well, let's talk about uh, the NBA because we do have some storylines going on. You sent me this uh, right as we were about to to jump on to do the podcast, and it does fascinate me because we have talked about this on the show before, but what's going in New- going on in New York City right now with our New York Knicks because uh, – you know, they did not have the year that they would hoped after, you know, finishing fourth last year. Obviously, Derek's been injured. It was great to see him the other night back, uh, you know, shooting around and stuff like that with his son. Um, but otherwise, the New York Knicks are trying to figure out their future, and they might be looking for a new franchise player because Julius Randle reportedly might be asking for a trade. And I just wanted to talk about where the New York Knicks are and what's the next step moving forward, BJ. But, you know, it's always interesting when you're – when you are an executive in the NBA, mm-hmm. because your job is to do the following. You have to draft and draft well. Yep. You have to always be on the lookout for trades to improve your team. You have to look in free agency for players that you can acquire that will improve your team. And then the final one, which people underestimate, your players that you acquire in one of those three ways, whether it's through the draft, through free agency, or trade, hopefully when they get to your environment, they will improve. So improving from within is one of the ways that your team gets better. When I look at the age of the New York Knicks, I began to look and say, they have some pretty good young players on their roster. And one of those players, R.J. Barrett, mm. has really improved. Really improved. Okay. Looks like he could be an actual all-star. Okay, now you're talking. So when players from within improve, that means other players are going to have to figure out how to coexist. Coexist with that player. Great choice of words, Tate. Suddenly that R.J. has jumped on the scene. You're starting to see Mitchell Robinson beginning to play a little bit, a little bit more consistent. Yep, you're, he's elevated. You're seeing game. Obi Toppin being able to come in and mm-hmm. contribute a little more. You're seeing Emmanuel quickly having games, 20 points in a quarter down there in Miami. Okay, Cam Reddish, another young, talented player. I know he's out right now, but you're saying, let's see what he could do. Yep. Suddenly now, the players, excuse me, who were there last year, they got to figure out how to play because these guys are getting better too. That's what's going on. Okay, when you go to a veteran team. You basically have two, yeah, you have like two different cores. You have the veteran team that was put there to win now, and and, and then you have the core that you incubated now that's If you win with a veteran team, you're just trying to maintain that or add someone to get, because you know the other team has improved. Yeah. Julius Randle right now is going to have to figure out how to coexist with these new improved players from basically a year ago. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett in particular looks to me like an all-star in waiting. And you can't take 30 shots when you got two all-stars. Okay. Now they have to figure out how to coexist with one another to play. It's not about running the offense through No, these young guys are improving. And this is what I always loved with our early teams when I played in Chicago. We knew who the best player was, but he allowed us to get better because 
that was going to help the team. Scotty got better. Horace Grant got better. Stacy King, myself, Scott Williams. And we were able to develop and win while everybody else, in particular, Jordan and those guys, had to like change their game. Bill Cartwright had to change his game. The veterans mostly have to change their change their game. Well, guess who I'm talking about here in New York? Julius Randle. He's fighting what the veterans and and he's probably not old enough yet to understand that part of the business. Like when you start playing with young players who are going to be good players, you got to take a back seat to these guys. Believe it or not, Bill Cartwright was a 20-point scorer in the NBA. Okay, take All-star. He was yeah, a 20-point exactly. scorer. Well, when he went to Chicago, he had to figure out how to change his game to contribute in a different way as the veteran on the team. That is, to me, the sign of a pro. So I would hope that Julius Randle can understand that. I and mean, he had a great year last year. Don't take anything away. He was an all-star. I think if I remember correctly, he was the most improved player in most the NBA. Yep. And it really was a breakout year for him. They finished fourth in the conference. But this is a new year. And that's the one thing I learned about the NBA tape. It changes from game to game, week to week month to month and from without question year to year and I think he's going to have to take a look at himself and change because RJ Barrett is getting better Mitchell Robinson is going to get better at some point here I'm I'm making I'm going out on a limb here Mitchell he reminds Robinson, me a little bit of Robert Williams yeah uh, in Mitchell Boston. Robinson gonna is going step. to be an elite defensive player and he's going to at some point demand a touch because they don't ever throw him the ball right now. He gets a double-double. And I heard a stat. I think it was yesterday. I heard a stat. He hasn't scored a basket outside of the paint like all year. At some point, he's going to demand a touch or two. He's going to get a jump hook. <laughs> and at some point, he's going to pick and pop. At some point here. And he has the ability to do those things. Tate, like you said, he just doesn't have the – he's not getting Tate, the possessions to do it. He's just not yeah. part of the offense right now. But at some point, the big fellas say, y'all want me to block shots? <laughs> and set screens. Y'all going to have to give me one, one or two, two touches. Shots. At some point. It's 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 the laws of the it's big inevi- man. Yeah, it's inevitable. So yeah. I think that's what's going on there. I understand it. I've seen it. Now, yeah. the key is – What's the leadership they're going to do? Well, it's fascinating because Kenny Payne was a close confidant, obviously, of Julius Randle. He was very upset and moved when he left, but Kenny Payne goes back. You mentioned Hubert Davis coaching at his school. I love seeing Kenny Payne to go coach at Louisville. I think that's great. But he he is now you know out with the Knicks, and now Julius Randle does not have him there. So there's even more. That's where a lot of this smoke started coming from anyway. And when you look around the NBA, and we've talked about this before, there's certain guys that maybe you could trade Julius Randle, a max player for, for, you know, a DeAndre Ayton we talked about at one time in Phoenix. Maybe that's not really the case anymore. We'll see with how things play out with his, you know, negotiations down there. But in general, where does Julius Randle fit in, if not New York? I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are because they're like, is he a franchise max level guy at other places? Okay, I mean, so, that's the question. you know, 
I, I, I like to help these young guys, you know, when they, and it's nothing wrong with getting, wanting to be traded. Okay. Let me, let me, let, let me, let me say that, you know, wanting to be traded has happened since the beginning of time. All of us at some point feel that we probably, whether it's warranted or not, you want to have an appreciation for where you're at. But there's a way to go about it. And let me tell you something. I've learned this as an executive. I've learned this as a former player. And I've certainly learned it and know it even more so now as an agent. If you want to get traded, and there's nothing wrong with going in and requesting a trade. You know what? People request transfers all the time. People (laughs) change their careers all the time in the real world. Sometimes there isn't a fit and you don't see the fit. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not. But let me tell you something, though, Tate. When you're a player and you just signed a deal and then you request a trade and somehow that gets out, however it gets out, highly unlikely that the team put it out because the team doesn't want to be taken advantage of and they don't want to they want to have as much leverage as they can if you want to get traded so that they can get back the most return, which is a fair thing. Yeah. So like you said, there's no way it's coming from what they have no incentive. They have to no it. incentive. Yeah. They have no incentive for this to get out. Okay. Julius, you want to get traded. We'll keep this in house. We'll make sure we can do whatever it is we need to do to move you your request. And let's see if we can do this because as we get to free agency, there will be opportunities to trade. As we get to the draft, there will be opportunities to trade. And as we know, Tate, here, we've become experts now at disgruntled stars. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is the hot market. That's the hot market. Star. So this yeah. isn't anything new. But what is new is I'm not just going to give you away, especially after they just paid them. Yeah. Now yeah, it puts just, the Knicks we just in a very... Difficult yeah. situation to get pennies on the dollar now. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and you don't like to talk about... These are people, right? These are people. You don't want to talk about it like it's you're just getting an asset for an asset. No, like, we get it. It doesn't work for you for whatever the reason may be. I, who knows? Whatever the case. So I would hope that these young people who do request a trade or want to be traded, that they understand the business part of it because it's better for you to go in on a professional way, make your requests, say your piece, and then you and your team quietly go about your business. Because once it gets out like this, every team is going to be like, oh, they're trying to now dump him on us. There you go. And that now, now it's going to be difficult. Now it's good. Like you said, it's all it's all a leverage play. It's the same. It's the same situation, but now different optics because this is now out there. Yeah. Now you've made it even more difficult. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's just it's just learning the business that you're in, and it's nothing wrong with being traded. Like Tate, there's nothing. Tate, I've done it. Yeah. As a player, I'm sure every player at some point in their career has wanted to be traded. Mm. It's nothing new. 
Like, I wish it was a new concept. <laughs> it's nothing new. It's not. Yeah. But what is new is the, how we're going about it because of the coverage. Like, I didn't yeah. have Twitter and social media and all of these things. It was like you said what you had to say. You looked someone right in the eye. You shook hands after it. And nine times out of ten, that executive said, you know, the better you play, the easier it is and the faster we can trade you. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. and, and usually you go like on a 20-game spree yeah, where you – Or, if, said you're, that or to if you're Chris Paul, you spent the whole season at OKC yeah, just showing your The value. first time they yeah. said that to me – I was hurt because he said that. I was like, oh, he really wants me out of here. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you better be careful what you ask for. But that's another discussion. But if he wants to get traded, just play well. Yeah. Just play well. Because trust me, I agree with that. everybody yeah. in the league wants a good player. Mm-hmm. And if you play well, you will increase your chances significantly. Yeah, maybe they do something where uh, Russell Westbrook for Julius Randle, you know, two guys. that. Well, the one thing we like I said, we've become expert now. Who's the disgruntled stars? That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a disgruntled star in Los Angeles and a disgruntled star. No, in New York. I, I, That's the only reason there's no basketball sense to you know, it. But like you said, I, I, we're, at this I point, like we're just trading dis- assets. I like you identify yeah. the disgruntled stars. But if he yeah. thinks he's if he thinks he's not getting the offense ran through him in New York, just go play with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yes. <laughs> like, you understand, like, when you think this all the way through, Tate. Yeah, that's what I mean. Put it When you put it into context, it doesn't, you're the like, franchise player of the Knicks. And as you've said to me multiple times when I've talked about free agents going to New York, you need multiple stars in New York City. You, you need to be them. able to deflect. And the fact that R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin are looking like they could play, and Mitchell Robinson potentially could play there. One of them's a real star in R.J. We already know that. But if the other ones can play up to star-level role players, maybe stars themselves, I mean, that would be beneficial, you would think, yeah, for a franchise you, you guy. You know, I, I think if this is true, this will be a multiple-team deal. Mm. Okay? And we got to identify the disgruntled stars. Like, who's the disgruntled players and fits – the timeline, because Julius Randle's contract now, if I remember correctly, will start next year. Yeah. Okay. The, his new contract. The new deal. Well, the max deal. Okay. We'll kick in. So now that's what? A four-year deal. So, I, I mean, it's, now it's going to get difficult because now everyone's like, oh, mm, interesting, interesting. And, you know, and, and, and everyone's going to be circling the wagons. But it would help. If he just came out and just played well, just play like Julius Randle last year. And I promise you, this will all work itself out if it's true. And then like every other player, you know, you, you, you learn from it, but you know what? No one can deny this. They believed in you enough to have paid you what they felt you was worth. Good, bad, or indifferent. And Tate, if you really want to know how someone feels about you, they'll put their money where their mouth is. So, again, if you don't like me, but you pay me the max, hey, I'm okay with that, Tate. <laughs> at least it, you might not like me, but at least you value yeah, exactly. me. <laughs> that, Tate, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't care if you don't like me. Just value me. Respect me. Hey, and, and that's the business we're in. Tate, that's the business. Mm-hmm. And that's what you learn 
as you come in this business. You know what? You, you ask any player, if you play well and you perform, you just want to get your value. You just want that level of respect. The last thing you want to hear, Tate, Tate, we love you. You're going to be a Charlotte Hornet for life, Tate. And you're like, okay, cool. This all sounds good. I averaged 25 points this year. We got to the playoffs. He go, but at the contract negotiations, how much did they offer, BJ? They only offered you $5 million a year. You go like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he said he loved me. He said he yeah. was my best friend. He said all of these things. I was going to finish my career. Now, which one you'd rather have? Give me Julius Randle's situation 10 times out of 10. And that's the business we're in. This is a business. It's a, it's a business. What have you done for me lately? And, and if yeah, you and it changes quickly. Like, changes, I mean, Julius Randle was the bell of the ball and, last year. And, and, and now we're, now we're and in this situation. We're in this situation, and it just changes all the time. And once you understand that, I think you can look at this business for what it is. You yeah. go out and you do your job, you give your best effort, and you let the chips fall where they may. Mm. Well, one thing that's not changing in the NBA is number 34 in Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And uh, right now he's playing against Joel Embiid. I wanted to ask you one last thing before we got out of here. I just wanted to hear your MVP uh, opinion. Joel Embiid said he, he felt like it was his time. Jokic, you know, said basically what you said, let, let, let the chips fall where they may. It does not matter to me. I am the MVP currently. Uh, Giannis is Giannis. He, he made some dad joke and, mm-hmm. and laughed about it and moved on. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I just wanted to, to hear your thoughts because I, I do think those three guys are all incredible. And I, if whoever of those three wins it, I think, I think totally would deserve it in their own special way. Well, you know, Tate, I, I really think Joel Embiid has been the best player from start to finish this year. I know we have a, what, about nine – Let's just say 10 games left in the season. Yeah, I think 10 games, yeah. But Joel Embiid has been the best player from start to finish. He really has. And Jokic has been fantastic. And if you made an argument for Jokic, what, what can I say? I, mean, I, I, I can't argue. The, the guy has been incredible. I mean, what is he in fifth place currently today? You know, we're taping like midday here. The games are just starting on the East Coast. You know, as we're taping here on the West Coast, Jokic has kept his team afloat, minus Jamal Murray, who I consider, prior to his injury, perhaps the best player who hasn't been named an All-Star yet. Mm-hmm. This kid, Michael Porter Jr., has been phenomenal as an offensive player. Loads of talent. Okay. Yeah. And somehow, some way, Jokic has done better than expected. He's in the upper echelon in the conference still. Minus these guys, okay? And doing this at an elite level, all right? MVP of the league and deserved and deserved every bit of it, okay? So Giannis now, as I'm watching him play, you just know, you know, I, I feel like I'm watching him and he gets 30, 15, and 8, and I go, okay, that's pretty solid yeah and then i look at his minutes i go god he only played like 32 minutes yeah i know that i think that's you know what i mean you know it's like i just you know you just watch him he goes you know he'll go 35 14 and 6 
three blocks yeah, and he, you go, oh, he, okay. sca- he scares me when the playoffs come because I think he's been load managing. Everyone's like thinks load managing is not playing games, but for Giannis, like you said, it's him getting 30 points in 31 minutes. Yeah, he's out. doing this at such an elite level, and he plays so hard that, you know, you just like – you know what? When I watch him, like I'm, I'm watching him now, and I go, I trust him. I trust him that he's going to do this, Tate. You know, you say – you want a good, honest day's work? I don't know if he's going to play well. I don't know if he's going to make threes. I don't know if he's going to make the right pass. But I, one thing I do know, he's going to give you a good, a, an honest day's work. And I trust him. And that's why I'm picking the Milwaukee Bucks to come out of the East when it's all said and done. You know, I know we started off this conversation with Joel Embiid. I I really think he has been. I think he's the MVP, he but I think you're right. The, the, the best, best player in basketball is still Giannis. I think Giannis yeah. is is the best player. And I, the Sixers aren't deep enough yeah, yet. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe Gian, next year Giannis is are. MVP this year. He he really has. He I I I got no problems with him. I mean, not sorry, uh, Joel Embiid. In, I think yeah, Joel Embiid is the MVP this year. I agree. But Giannis. You know, he just, you know, I can sleep knowing that I'm a, this guy's going to give me everything he got. Now, I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if Joel Embiid can sustain that level of intensity. But I do know this. Giannis is going to bring that level of intensity. And if you're not ready, he's going to run over you. He's going to jump. <laughs> Side of you, he's, he'll go through he, you. He's going to do whatever is necessary to win that game, and, and he's going to play. And he can play every minute. Yeah, I mean, right that's now, what that's, he, that's, he, yeah. he, this, he he's fearless. So you know what? But I I think I think those three that you said, you know, Embiid, Jokic, and 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 Giannis are the the the, the three. I think they are in their own category. You know, this guy, Devin Booker, I just want to give him a little shout out. Yeah. If Devin Booker is not first team all NBA this year, I'm going to be it's a, wrong. I'm going to be a little bit upset. He should have started in the all-star game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he should have started a shooting game. Devin guard. Booker, look, he 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 just goes about his business. And the one He's thing a very quiet yeah, guy. Yeah, the one thing yeah. I, I I loved about him when Chris Paul was I love it when guys can adapt. You know what I mean? He, like, he went from being, in, I mean, he's a, a, an elite level starting two guard, scoring guard, or whatever you want to call him in the NBA. He and he had the ball in his hand a lot. Then he goes to, and then he goes when Chris Paul goes out, he goes to the primary ball handler, and they still win. Chris Paul, Chris Paul comes back, he still wins. During courses of the game, he would go from facilitator to score. And I'm saying, and by the way, Tate, he is a, a better than average defender. Mm. So I'm really, I'm giving him like all the credit. He has been sensational. And I really hope that he is first team all NBA this year because he has been a pro's pro. Like as a professional as a former professional, I just respect what he's doing because I know how difficult that is. Yeah. Okay. And 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 he's winning. He's just not getting numbers. 
They're winning at an elite level, oh, and no one really hey, hey, is hey, talking about no it. No drama. Yeah. Great team. If you had a kid, you would want them to root for the Phoenix I just Suns. want to be invited to the, the starting, the, their thing they do before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the dog food. Yeah, the dog, I, yeah. I, just want to be, I just want to be invited to that. Because you know what? That makes me laugh. And the, did you see the last one where JaVale did it via phone because he was Yeah, he sick. was on FaceTime. He was yeah, on FaceTime. Yeah. How great is that? Like, Tate, how great is that? It was so no, great. great I, you know what? I, 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 I had to call JaVale. I had to call. I was like, you know what? You know how lucky you are to be on this team. That they thought enough to have him on FaceTime to do that. That, that was... But I would love to be down there for the start of the game. I just want to start I, barking, you know. I I have like uh, it, it's hard. We were just talking about Giannis, you know, and the Bucks coming out of the East. I wholeheartedly believe that. But I do think that Phoenix is going to win the championship. I, I agree this with year. that, Tate. I I, great, I agree with you. Phoenix looks like the best team this year, and, and that's barring like hopefully no injuries. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to wood all that, but like that, currently as it stands, I I see the Phoenix Suns hoisting the, yeah, the yeah the they they they. They're ready. They're 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 focused. They're, they they never have they have not broken focus since. And I think the Bucks have had too many guys in and out. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, this, this, this team is focused, you know. And and they've missed. When I say they, Phoenix has. You know, they've had players in and out, just like every team. But they look focused. This group looks focused, and they they root for one another. Like I've like never seen. I mean, you want to know what everybody it's like. does. I, I don't yeah. care who's playing. Like. They're just rooting for everybody. Like, guy comes in for two seconds. Everybody's like high fiving the guy. Great job! And then this guy, you know, comes in, scores, and they play with such confidence. Like, Monty just gives these guys confidence. Yeah, and you, you got to love it. And I think you are right, Tate. I agree with you wholeheartedly here. But I'm really excited for. I can't believe I'm saying this, Tate. I'm excited for the play-in stuff. Oh, okay. I I I, I am. Because you got because you got Brooklyn playing Cleveland potentially. Yeah, it's uh, just like Lakers could be in the play in. I mean, it, it could La- be Lakers some, might fall out of the play. Yeah, I know it's, it's just wild to me. It's just wild. <laughs> like looking at these play in, like San Antonio could be playing. You know, it's just like you know, like I mean, if the eighth seed, if Brooklyn is the eighth seed, they could beat the one seed. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean, it's just I, 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 I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the plan. I really am. I mean, there's a chance that Philadelphia beats the Bucks. They, you know, they end up getting the one seed uh, in the East, and then they have to play the Nets in the first round, and we get the James Harden special uh, series. How about that? How about that? That would that would be TV right there. You know, the NBA. I, 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 like I need a little must see TV. I need a little must see TV. <laughs> but uh, it's all about you this weekend. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Heels. I'm rooting yeah. for your for your Tar Heels, and uh, congratulations, Black, BJ. No, I mean, this that's is great. The, I mean, that's the name. That's the name that you got to know this weekend. That, that's my favorite player for North Carolina. Who's this? Rashawn Black, number one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy from Concord, North Carolina. His mom's a principal. Uh, How about she's that? The best, and uh, you know he's he's all defense. You know we talked about guys like that. You gotta got you gotta have guys that play defense. He doesn't even play offense really. He's just like I, I only play defense. Uh, 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 well, I love that. Well, you know defense. As they say, defense wins championships. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> There's about. a lot of defense to be played this weekend. <laughs> Jimmy Black won a title. You know Jimmy Black. Not- How about that? <laughs> Jimmy Black was one. Of, it was one of my favorite guards. 
ever. He's the best. He's so smooth. I love. I used to love Jimmy Black. I patterned <laughs> my game a little bit off Jimmy Black. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell oh, me. man. I love that. I'd love to hear that. Uh, well, there you have it. This has been Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier. He's BJ Armstrong. We will see you after the apocalypse happens on Saturday when North Carolina plays Duke. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Okay. We will talk to you. I got one question for you, Tate. What's that? Do you think MJ shows up to the final four? Yeah, got to. Oh, got stop to. it. He hit the shot there. He's got to show oh, up. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. If I if I see MJ, BJ, can I go up to him and say that I do a show with you? Will he be nice to me? Or he, will he be mad? Will he, will he be like, don't talk to me? He'll probably be like, don't talk to me. I got to go with my mom. My mom had class with him. My mom had class with him. She got to pull the Carolina card. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, man. All right. Well, there you have it. This has been Pushing Through, and we will see you later in the week.